we are going into a brand new series today. We will be in this series for a minute. We are a little bit excited about the opportunity in this day and age to talk about kingdom, not cancel, buzzword, trending, but kingdom culture. In fact, my message today and what we want to spark over the next four to six weeks is go ahead and, and hashtag, this is really for all the Gen X, Millennial, Gen Z, and, and below, if you will. But, but I think even some other generations may jump in and, and catch the hashtag kingdom. In this series, it is our desire for all of us individually and as a church to grow closer. And I say God often because that's part of our vision, grow closer to God together. But when it comes down to it, we want you to know Jesus. How do I know Jesus? This was a confounding question for me growing up in, in the church as, as a believer. I didn't understand, how can I know someone I can't see, I can't hear, I can't feel, okay? How, he goes outside of my, my five senses, and I'm supposed to know him. How can I know him? Well, I got to spend time with him. And the more time I spend, the longer I serve, the more I surrender, the better I get to know him. And the better I get to know him, the more I learn to love him him. Easter is the evidence of the empty tomb, but we are the example of that evidence. I have seen over the years, and I love Easter, Resurrection Sunday. It was said it last week. Uh, I love Resurrection Sunday. I love to watch the, the post and, and the highlight reels and, and all of the pictures and, and the prayer requests and the salvations and, and those who confess Jesus as Lord or, or committed or recommitted their lives to him. But I love even more when those people continue to come and grow closer to Jesus, when they continue to lay down their former lifestyle. Many, many of us have attended Easter services. Many of us have had experiences in God's presence, but how many of us will live the example that Jesus set on that Passover, Resurrection Sunday that we now celebrate as Easter. Hear me, if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then we in him can live a resurrected life. Because he was resurrected from the dead, we in him can live a resurrected life. All right, so practically opening this series, we want to invite you to do three things with us. Number one, Download daily. Download daily. First and foremost, we want you to go right now. If you've never done this, get your phone, get your tablet, get your iPad, and download the YouVersion Bible app. Every week, we give, as a church, an 
a devotional that we're reading together. You can open that devotional, invite your friends. You can do it with your friend, your family member, your spouse, if they'll answer your invite. Download that app. And then when we say download daily, we mean like daily, daily read in God's word. Download God's word into your spirit. Get in God's word so God's word will get in you. Download that YouVersion Bible app. Right now, we are just in the first few days of the gospel in 30 days. That's what we're reading through right now to go along with this series. If you want to know about Jesus, you turn to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is where we discover who he is. And so we are, as a church, reading the gospel in 30 days. Number two, <clears throat> this is fun, binge Jesus. Come on, I know people that binge watch series. I was under the weather this past summer in July. It just so happened to be the same week as Vacation Bible School. Thank you, Jesus. If you're going to make me sick, let it be during VBS. <laughs> and so I, I was at home for a couple of days, and I binge watched this show called The Shooter, and it was awesome. But now, instead of just binging on Netflix or binging on your favorite series or binging on that show with the zombies, which I got stuck in several years ago, can't even remember what it's called right now, something Walking Dead or something. Let's binge Jesus. Like, let's binge spending time with him. So here's what we want to do. This is an A and B sub points to binging Jesus. Um, a, go download the Chosen app. You can download the app on your phone. It's free. The Chosen app. You can download that on your phone. You can go and put it on your television. You can put YouTube on your television and then just search The Chosen. And as we go through this series, we're going to use some of those clips. I know, I know that they use filming license, poetic license, and they expand. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm more of the, I want to learn and, and, and I want it to line up directly with scripture. And, and I don't want you to add to what you think because of other manuscripts that you read and not necessarily biblical, but, but could have possibly been, but, but there's some, there's some filming license there that, you know, as long as we don't become heretical, and I haven't seen anything heretical yet. I'm only three or four episodes in, some, some iffy things there, but, but go binge Jesus. Go watch the series. My children are watching it with me. We're explaining the difference between what they see in the movie and what they find in Scripture. You can also, right now, if you, if you have a bulletin for last week, we'll post it somewhere. We'll put it on our page. You can email our office. We'll send you an invite to Right Now Media. As a church, we have partnered with Right Now Media. We pay a monthly subscription because of the people that worship God with their giving in this church. We pay a monthly subscription for you to have access to Right Now Media. Send us an email today. We'll have a, a number that you can text. We'll send you an email in response. You can download that app. You can spend time learning apologetics or explaining your faith, giving a reason for your faith. It's got marriage and parenting and students and children and leadership and books of the Bible. I mean, it's more than I would ever have time to explain. We have no excuse for not binging Jesus and downloading daily. Here's the third thing. Monitor media. 
monitor media. Monitor the media that you're letting into your soul. Mainstream media, look, I don't care if it's MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, or Newsmax. A whole lot of it is going to make you angry and frustrate you. You need to monitor your media. You need to monitor your social media. Facebook, Instagram. I think YouTube is even turning into a little bit of social media. Snapchat. And then whatever new... Pastor Weston would have to help me with whatever, whatever new app is out there that everybody's flocking to right now. Who knows what's coming next? You need to monitor it. Remember, the message today is hashtag kingdom. That is the message today. That's what I'm sticking with. That's what I'm calling this sermon. Hashtag kingdom. And over the next few weeks, Every time that you go to post something or you go to comment on something or, or you go to send that Snapchat, I want you to think kingdom, not culture, not cancel, but kingdom. John the Baptist in Matthew chapter three, verse two, not in your notes, I'm just referencing it. He said this phrase that I'll read in just a minute, despite all the noise of the day. I like that. Let's leave that up there for a minute. Despite all the noise of the day, and last week I, I told you there's noise all around us. It can be distilled into three words. Give us Barabbas. But despite all the noise of the days of, of John the Baptist, he came saying this phrase. He was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And then Jesus comes, and Jesus wades out into the Jordan River. And John's like, no, 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 I can't baptize you. You baptize me. And Jesus is like, you baptize me. He's like, yes, sir. And so he baptizes Jesus. And when he comes up out of the water, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was like a dove. The Holy Spirit descended as or like. It's a simile. As a dove. And so the dove is not sacred. It's good on a grill. All right. As a dove. And the Bible says, and a voice came from heaven. And all the people around, including Jesus and John the Baptist, the voice came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Okay. Nobody, nobody had seen Jesus perform a miracle. Jesus had not done an ounce of ministry up to this point. He had not performed one miraculous move or action on behalf of God the Father. And yet God says, this is my son. This is my child. And I love my child. And I am pleased because this is my child. And then the very next verse. Verse 1 of chapter 4, the Bible says the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus fasted and was tempted by the enemy. He comes out of that. In verse 17, English Standard Version, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying the same phrase that John the Baptist had said, repent for the kingdom, hashtag kingdom of heaven is at hand. If Jesus was preaching this 2,000 years ago, how much more applicable is it today? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 44 of Matthew chapter 13. Verse 44, New Living Translation, just so I don't have to explain it as much. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom, 
Hashtag kingdom. It's like a treasure that a man discovered in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. He was willing to give up everything else just to have the kingdom, forsaking the culture, forsaking his desires, forsaking his, his other ungodly commitments, sold everything he had just so he could own that field that he discovered the kingdom of heaven was in. Verse 46, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and, and it caught fish of every kind, not just of some kinds. This is, this is one of the first evidences that Jesus is not just here for the Jews. He, he is coming for the Samaritans. Come on, the Jewish forsaken. He's coming, he's coming for those Jews, the hedonist, those Jews who had intermingled with the Greeks, He's coming for the Gentiles, the people that have nothing to do with Judaism. They don't even understand what Judaism is. They weren't raised to understand the Torah. Hi, I'm a Gentile. You're probably a Gentile. Unless you're Jew, you would be referred to as a Gentile. Thank God that he was willing to throw out a net that would catch every kind of fish. Come on, Asian fish, African fish, American fish, German fish, Caucasian fish, whatever fish, all were welcome in Jesus' net. Matthew 16, verse 18, now I say to you that you are Peter, no longer Simon, alone. Peter means rock, and upon this rock, but what rock? Well, if you read the context of this passage, it's the rock of Peter putting his faith. It's the rock of Peter's confession that you are the son of God, the Christ. And I will build my church, Jesus says. I will build my church and all the powers of hell cannot stand against my church that I will build upon their confession and upon the faith that they place in me. Verse 19, and I will give you. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people, I've heard this, that a lot of people believe that Jesus, when he said, I will give you, he's only talking to Peter. So that would exclude Paul. It would exclude James. It would exclude John. It would exclude Matthew. It would exclude all of the other, obviously it excluded G Judas, but it would also exclude the other Judas and the other James. It would exclude Philip, anybody else listening. He said, I will give you. Some people think he was only talking to Peter. I think that's a horrible translation of that scripture. He said, I will give you the king's keys of the kingdom, hashtag kingdom. There he is again of heaven. And whatever you forbid or bind on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit or loose on earth will be permitted or loosened in heaven. Why do I think that he wasn't just talking to Peter? Why do I believe that this passage is applicable to anybody that will put their faith in Jesus, confess him as Lord, receive his salvation, surrender their lives to him and abide in him as their savior? Come on, this is biblical teaching. Don't fall asleep on me right now. This passage does not just apply to Peter. I will prove it in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible says, about that time, the disciples, a whole lot of followers, came to Jesus and asked, Jesus, who is the greatest in the hashtag kingdom? How can we know who is going to be the greatest in your kingdom? Uh, again, remember that they believed, they believed that he was about 
to establish an earthly kingdom and overthrow the Roman Empire because they were teaching that the Messiah was going to come and deliver them from Roman tyranny. Right? Which is what we teach in church today. Oh, Jesus is coming back and he's going to deliver us from this God-forsaken world. He's going to pull us out and all the sinners are going to stay here and go to hell on their own. That is an absolutely selfish mentality. But it's the mentality that they had. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Verse 2, Jesus called a child to him and he put the child among them. I love this. Ask Jesus a stupid question. <laughs> We've all done it. It's okay. He put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like this child, you will not even get into the kingdom. Hashtag kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child, the one who serves the least of these will become the greatest of all. He is the greatest. She is the greatest in the hashtag king. Jesus is flipping culture upside down. Right? This doesn't make any sense to them. They're in Rome. It's all about honor and all about shame. It's one of the two. If you were humble, it was because somebody humbled you because you were dishonorable, because you were shameful, because you weren't elite, because you weren't considered respectable. All right, now, look, look, look. Then in the context of dealing with conflict, that's what this passage is dealing with in Matthew 18. In the context of dealing with conflict and, and constructive correction, because corre correction can be deconstructive and, and then it's, it's not done in love, but constructive correction and offense existing like within the church. That's the context. You can go read it for yourself. If you don't know what to study this week, Matthew 18. I just gave you a way to grow closer to Jesus this week. We are without excuse. Verse 18, Jesus, remember, talking to all of his disciples. This is the same passage, same context. The Bible said all, uh, all of his disciples, the disciples came to him and asked him a question. In fact, it was, it was probably James and John that were asking him this question. Jesus said, I tell you the truth to all the disciples, not to just Peter. He said, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. He said, he's, he's talking to the same people that he just told, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins. So unless he was just talking to Peter about turning from his sins and he's the only one that's going to be saved, unless you become like a little child. So unless Peter is the only person that Jesus wanted to humble, and unless you become as humble, then that's the only way that you become a servant and become the greatest in the kingdom of God. Now Jesus, in the same context, says the exact same thing that he said to Peter in Matthew chapter 16. I tell you the truth. He wasn't just talking to Peter. I tell you the truth. He was talking to anyone who would confess Jesus as Lord and put, his, put their faith in them. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. you got to think Peter remembers that he just told him this. Verse 19, i also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, online or in person, Come on, because the presence of God can span over the physical gathering. 
I am there. I am there among them. Jesus was telling all of us what he was telling Peter. If you confess me as Lord and you put your faith in me and you abide in me, then I will flip your culture upside down and I'll use you to do it. No, that was just to Peter. Peter is the rock. Peter is the saint. No, how silly is that, that we would deify a mortal man, that we would put, him on, uh, put any man and or woman on a pedestal that God doesn't even put him on. Jesus said the only way that you're going to be in, even in the kingdom of heaven is you to become a child like everybody else. Jesus rebuked Peter. The Holy Spirit rebuked Peter. I mean, God gave him a vision and he argued with God three times. After the Holy Spirit and Jesus rebuked him, Paul had to rebuke him again. I mean, this guy was incessantly imperfect and yet God used him. Peter asked a stupid question in the very next verse. He was like, okay, yeah, but Jesus because he heard the phrase that Jesus has said to him. So he thought this was now his opportunity to speak up. Go read Matthew 18, very next verse. Peter asked a stupid question. Yeah, but Jesus, how many times are we really supposed to forgive somebody? I mean, seven times if they come to us, like, and they just, they just slap us in the face and, and run all over us and, and they don't do what we tell them to do. And Jesus says, Peter, at least this time he didn't call him Satan. He says, I tell you not to forgive him seven times or 70 times, but seven times, 70 times. And by the way, since we're talking about it in the same day, because Peter, you're going to need to forgive a lot of people because I've got a lot of arrogance to work out of you, my friend. And so then Peter, understanding this principle, he writes a book. And he says this in the book, in the epistle that he writes to the people of God. He says, you, you are a chosen people. You are a holy nation. You are a priestly, royal priesthood. This same guy. They kept asking silly questions that we over personify as if God can't use us in the same way. No, no, no. Only Peter could bind on. No, no, no. We all in Jesus name. Now, don't try to go up against the enemy in your own strength. You'll end up like the sons of Sceva. That's in the book of Acts. You go search that out on your own. The devil will tear you apart. But if you come in the name of Jesus, you are chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, God's own possession in Christ Jesus. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ didn't come to conform to culture and blend into culture. You ready? Jesus came to transform. Watch what he does. As I said, Jesus came to transform. He came to flip culture on its head. 
You can't cancel a culture that the blood of Jesus has already canceled. Paul wrote this way to the Roman culture, to the Romans, as despicable as a culture as has ever existed. It was Las Vegas on immoral steroids. The Roman Empire, verse 17 of chapter 14, Paul writes, for the kingdom, hashtag it. I'm telling you, I want to go crazy with it this month. The kingdom of God. I want it to go on social media whenever you want to say something crazy. I want it to go, I want it to go in the comments whenever, whenever you wanted to, to ask a disciple question about who is the greatest or, or when you begin to think that you shouldn't forgive somebody or, or somebody has used too much of God's grace or, or you've just, you've been too, now and I'm not talking about being run over like a rug. Every, you got to, sometimes you got to establish a cheek to turn. Uh, my goodness, you can't just over and over again. But Paul says for the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating or drinking. It's not a matter of all these earthly temporary things everybody's arguing about. It's not a matter of taxes and walls. It's not a matter of, it's not a matter of guns and what is it? That's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul is writing to a church in the most tyrannical, treacherous, twisted culture that had probably ever existed up to that time. And yes, it is the direction that America is going. Shameful, impure, immoral. But listen to me, I said it earlier this week, if, if the Roman Empire could not crush or stop the, the birth of the church of Jesus Christ, then America cancel, American cancel culture cannot stop the final wave of the kingdom of God. God. God is going to have his will. He is going to have his plan. Jesus did not come to conform into Christianity. He came to convert people out of the culture in which they exist. He didn't come to just casually blend into society. He came to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And if the Roman Empire could not breach or crush the birth of Christianity in all its martyrdom, in all its murder, in, in all of its misplaced values, then social media, mainstream media, big tech, America, Russia, China, or some unforeseen unification of all of the above. Listen to me. If hell itself cannot stand against the church that Jesus wants to build, then this culture can't cancel it. His kingdom is coming to pass. The question is, the choice that we have is will we be a part of it or not? Bowing to cancel culture, bowing to toleration, bowing to Barabbas, Bowing to myself, my anger, my temptations, my lust, my greed, my envy, whatever it is, do I bow to, to that and this 
atmosphere that's not conducive for me to praise? Or do I understand that when I confess him as Lord and I surrender to him and I put my faith in him, then whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again, this week, we have the same choice. Many, many, not just here, but many all over the world, millions upon millions upon millions of people attended and celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But very few of those who left those services will live the resurrected life. So we have the same choice this week. Going into tomorrow, download daily purge our sins and binge on Jesus. Binge Jesus and monitor the media that we allow in. We have the same choice today as they had in the days of Deuteronomy. Moses writes, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Most scholars believe it was Moses. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I call heaven and earth to witness against you. Today, this day, that I set before you a choice, life or death. Barabbas or Jesus, my way or his way, my flesh or his spirit, this world or his word. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The culture around us or the kingdom ahead of us, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you. I've set before you life or death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, we have a choice. The sin and ultimate shame of this in every generation or, or the salvation of Jesus and the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. I love this last part. Therefore, is it really even a choice? Therefore, choose life. Not temporary earthly life, but choose life eternal in Christ. That you, that you, because this affects way more than you, and your children, your children's children, or anybody that you have influence with, that follow you and look to you because the empty tomb is the evidence that we have placed our faith in the right person. But we, we are the example. Choose life. Hashtag kingdom. In a cancel culture, God is raising a church to establish his kingdom. Let your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today? Father, I pray for anybody listening right now. For those who follow you and are faithful to you, I, I pray that you would speak to even them. 
and show them areas where they can grow, where they can grow closer to you, where they can become even more like Jesus, not just better versions of ourselves, but transform because Jesus came to transform. And God, for anybody listening right now, watching online and listening, still honed in, I release your Holy Spirit upon them. Burden them, God, draw them into your presence. If you need to make the right choice today, if you need to choose life, which is to choose Jesus, to confess him as Lord, to ask forgiveness of your fallenness, the areas of your life that fall short of God's glory, commit or recommit your life to him, I want to invite you right now to open your hands wherever you are. I want to invite you to focus the eyes of your spirit on the face of God and pray this prayer. Jesus, say it out loud, not as a whisper, but out loud. Jesus, forgive me where I've fallen, where I've chosen poorly. Cleanse me and save me from myself, this world, and the enemy. I believe you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for my sin, but you were raised from the dead so I could be born again. You were resurrected so I could live. Jesus, take my life and make it yours. May I follow you with all of my heart from this day forward. I surrender all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.